This week in league, after cutting out their cancer, the Broncos move on to the coaching equivalent of raw dogging a hooker in the Congo. Super League signs their new sponsorship deal, which is somehow worth less than a ball shaver to a podcast. Realising they now lose Billy Walters to the Broncos, the West Tigers try to find a head coaching job at another club for Luke Brooks' dad. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round 16 of the 2020 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 365 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. How you doing, man? Man, good. Another Rona remote It is episode. Another, another Rona remote episode as I'm down again. Oh, man. With uh, the second wave of the, the, the stop sending your sick little cunts to school virus. Tell you yeah. fucking what, it's just ripping, it's like ripping through this house in fucking waves like it's only ever one kid sick at a time and, mm. uh, and I seem to get it off fucking both of them so which is weird because usually I'm the one that escapes nasty but this time this year it's my turn to get it uh, don't let fucking Bill Gates and uh, all those people who believe the earth is a sphere fool you the uh, <laughs> the, the flu vaccine does fucking nothing I'll tell you what <laughs> To help a motherfucker. What a, what a great fucking thing. Well, did you see today that Africa is now officially free of wild polio? Yeah, wild polio. They've still got two strains or something, that the vaccine polio out there, but obviously the yeah. wild, wild polio is a is a, a more difficult one to contain, you would think. So so the fact yes. they've eradicated it is, uh, is amazing. Yes. And, you know the funny um, thing? No fucking anti-vaxxers in Africa. Yeah. That's because that, that's, that's because they they die of like the the lamest shit Africa has to offer, which is worse than anything that we we have to offer. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking fine sipping your fucking turmeric latte in fucking Byron Bay, trying to catch a glance at fucking Chris Hemsworth, and you know being an anti vaxxer Yes, it's a, it's a lot fucking different doing that there than it is. Yes. I mean, the biggest fucking you know, vaccination crisis you have down in Byron Bay is, you know, will all dirty cunts come in to, to, to Splendor <laughs> or fucking Blues and Roots. Like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, yes. Nasty. Uh, news this week. Well, <laughs> what do you think? This, the last two weeks, or like this is to be week three, where it's pretty much this week in Broncos. But today, we've at least wrapped up one of the strands, one of the many, many strands, many, many strands. Um, the Broncos have parted ways with Anthony Seabold. Uh, there was a press conference this morning. He met with the players first. There was a press conference that started like around quarter past nine. And Paul White and Seabold fronted the press conference, both read statements that were prepared or sheets of paper in front of them, and then had an extremely awkward press conference where questions were sought and they didn't really answer any of them because then they did the, well, they had the way they framed the whole press conference and the reasoning and everything. It makes me think that Seabold must've got more money. You know, he must've got the, the amount of money that he wanted in yes. return for allowing himself to be made a total fucking cuck in this press conference because 
White did most of the speaking, and it was just basically like, oh, Anthony's, you know, we're worried about Anthony and his family, so, you know, we're happy to do this for the good of Anthony and his family, and this is a decision, you know, for Anthony and his family, and never at any point was performance mentioned. It was all the fault of uh, the, the COVID bubble and the the pressure that comes with being the Brisbane Broncos head coach and shit like that. And then so Seabold, yeah, Seabold reading is different to Seabold speaking. And uh, the thing is, though, the, he had nothing, he had nothing to say afterward. Like the, the, the questions were, and like, you know, the journalists who were there tried somewhat, not, not super hard, but they tried somewhat to tie up some of the other threads that have been out, outgoing. Like for example, uh, qu- questions were asked about the whole cyber investigation thing. And, uh, that was like now's not time to talk about that. Now's it's oh, you know, really? okay. and and then and then the, and then they'd ask a question about yeah you know, performance or something, and like they they even like some I can't remember who it was, but someone put the the blowtorch on Paul White a little bit and said, look, you know, if you're talking about accountability, then you know this is in your time as a, as as a CEO, this is the fourth sacked coach. Yep. And so you want to talk about accountability? I mean, well, fucking, don't you think some of that accountability comes back the way of you know yourself and and the board? And he just fluffed around that and basically spoke about how important it was to be accountable for you and how accountable he was for all the decisions he's made. But it wasn't, it wasn't, he, but not those decisions. It wasn't his fault about those. It was, it was hilarious. He was, he was super into accountability without demonstrating one iota of accountability. Of actual accountability. Yeah. And this is the thing. That was a pretty standard um, you know, a press conference, but, extremely, but but B, board member speech. Oh yeah, because there were no ramifications for him. Not yet, anyway. I mean, he's. I think his term does come to an end at the end of the year, anyway. Yeah. So perhaps, so perhaps that's more why he he doesn't have to be. I mean, he doesn't have to be accountable. He's probably not seeking reappointment. He'll serve out his time, walk off into the sunset, and that's it. And board. Board members aren't used to having things they say actually critically examined. Yeah. You know, even by investors, the vast majority of what a board member even says at an AGM or the report they give in the financials is skimmed over by the vast majority of people. Yeah. So it is very much going through the motions, a fucking ticker box exercise. And this is no different. I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of the fucking dead shit Fox journos up in arms about uh, how robotic the press conference was. and Like, what the fuck did you expect? Yeah, the good shit's going to come... The good shit's going to follow. Yeah. But neither of them were going to get up there and say, this has been a shit fight for the last 12 weeks. Yeah. This has been absolutely fucked. Half the players hate him. Half the players don't. All the old boys hate him, yep. but then half the players hate the old boys. Yep. We're an absolute shit kind of a club, mm-hmm. and we were all built around the influence in one town by one man. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yep. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and yeah, and and given uh, you know what was what was alleged to be uh, you know a conflict between that man being you know Wayne, yep, uh, versus Paul White. And Paul yep. White basically rushing into the sea bowl thing, and you know, and, and antagonizing the whole situation with Wayne to get him out a year early, as you know, due, like as a power struggle between the two of those. Yep. 
well, um, you know, like Cronulla fans want to always fucking go on about, you know, won the trade. Well, uh, I mean, mm. Wayne, Wayne won the fucking war. Yes. I mean, that's at the end of the day, like Wayne won the war. So, mm. um, now yeah. Peter, yeah, so Peter General, he will, he'll proceed, uh, until the end of the year. Uh, as the as the caretaker coach, there was never any mention of him even being a possibility as going on as the coach. But they're talking about leaving no stone unturned and you know undertaking a rigorous process starting right now to yeah. uh, to decide on who the next coach is going to be. Paul Green's in the running. Um, Kevin Walters is in the running. It seems like Kevin Walters is the is the ex players' choice, like yep. the old boys' choice. Yep, but you know if their if their process is going to be as rigorous as they say. Then, well, it's there's, there's two, it's a two pronged thing. If Kevin Walters doesn't get the job this time, he'll fucking ne- he's never going to get it because he's no. been shortlisted a couple of times for the job now, and um, he was shortlisted for the Cowboys before Paul Green jumped on up there. If he doesn't get it, he's never going to fucking get it. Um, the second Correct. thing is that while while popular with the old boys, and I think probably popular with the general fan base of the Broncos, like the wider fan base, not the ones that think too deeply about things. Um, just the the wider let's go Broncos, the, the type of people who actually yep. follow the instructions Sam Friday gave them on the fucking Titantron on how to swing their rally tails <laughs> that night, like that kind of fucking you know like guppy level, and like those like those people will will love Kevy because it's bringing back the passion, the Broncos passion, and uh, and he knows what it's like to win. He was there when they were, when they used to win, and blah blah blah. But what you're going to get instead is you know, like. Listen to anything any players coming back from, from back from Catalan said about his coaching. They weren't a fan. Mm. Origin, he did take Mal, Mal did pull the ripcord at the right time at Origin when there was generational change in yep. the Queensland side. However, he still got a fifty percent win record there, but mm. which has manifested itself in in two series losses in a row. Yep, uh, and he's got that that fucking idiot. What's he called? The coach whisperer guy? Like, you know, yeah. done, done, done. I mean, he's got all that crap around. I mean, when you think about Kevy as a coach, if you're thinking positively about him as a coach, you're a Brisbane fan, you're thinking this is a this could happen, this is a good thing if it happens. I urge you to go back and watch the press conference post-match that he did in Perth after the second game of mm. Origin last year. You yep. remember that they had the, the Queensland won the first game and it was all fucking, you know, done, done, done. You know, think you're going to win or what is it? Expect to win or expect to fucking whatever. Expect to pay me five grand a minute or whatever that guy yep. says. Yep. And and they had a good win the first one. So then they get a second game. It goes over to WA and New South Wales absolutely fucking sodomized them. I can't remember yeah. what the score was, but it was bullshit. Like it was like 38 to six or something. It was like they fucking 30 something to not much. Yeah. You watch his post-match press conference there where he was in tears and he kept like obsessing over how like, you know, New South Wales outplayed them correctly. Um, but he, he was obsessing about him from the first kickoff. Gee, I'm pissed off about that first kickoff. And, and like, he just started obsessing about this fucking kickoff. And if you think that that's a guy, that's the, that's the deep thinker, that he might get the fan base back on like a Broncos passion, let's go Broncos, fucking buck do a lap level. But if you are actual results and a coach that can take, you know, this group of, you know, mostly talented youngsters and, and, yeah. and you know, and, and massively lazy underperforming senior players on, on mad amounts of money. Yep. I don't know if he's the guy. 
I think you need and one of these rebuilders. His his previous coaching experience uh-huh. is an absolute shit fight in the Super League. Yes. But then as an assistant under Bennett. Yep. And from all reports, was a fine assistant. Yeah. Under Bennett. Yep. You know, a fine assistant. But not fine enough for to to escape the axe. Yeah. You know? Yep. So when Bennett went, he didn't take him to, to South. Like well, he, he got tap him he, on the- he got he got the asshole in before then though didn't he didn't he get the that's asshole it. halfway yeah. through that season before Bennett yeah. left yeah that's it but but that's what I'm saying Bennett didn't tap him on the shoulder and go hey I'm at South now no you know what what are we doing no it's because I think Bennett got rid of him I think the Broncos organization here have fucked themselves into a corner by getting rid of or by letting Seabold walk early yeah simply because. They now have to look at appointing a coach. Yes. And it's going to be a long fucking drawn out process. Who's available at the moment? Kevy, Paul Green, Todd Payton, who perhaps may end up at the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, Tooves, the Walker mm-hmm. brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but are they really? I don't all think those they old are. guys. Like, yes, they're available, but okay, you and I are also available. We're not going to get a fucking job. Yeah. I reckon the Walker brothers would fucking love to get the job, but I would also at the same time say there's zero chance of them getting exactly. it. Hmm. So, look, I, I mean, it, it feels to me like it's going to be Paul Green and Kevy. Paul Green obviously still has, you know, uh, many intentions to continue on as a head coach. Yep. He also has a very regimented style, authoritarian mm-hmm. sort of style, which may, yep. which may get some of these loose cunts get their heads back into the game. I mean, yes, so you can say what you want about Paul Green. You can say what you want about how the Cowboys went this year and et cetera, et cetera. But to drag the Cowboys from eighth to a grand final, well, into yeah. eighth in the first place and then to proceed and continue to the grand final that year was yeah. a fucking amazing a coaching achievement. And it was, a tri- it. it was a triumph of coaching. Yes. Yeah. To get them there. 100%. So, so... You know, but perhaps, what I'm saying is, yep. I think that the Broncos have fucked themselves into a corner with Kevy, because one of the things that have been touted is, exactly as you said, that Siebes was anti-Broncos culture, he put the shareholders offside, he put the old boys offside, and Kevy's the old boy's choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? If if the board goes, and this is a similar situation. The thing is, though, none of them are fucking old boys anymore. Like Darius, maybe, but Darius was fucking two clubs away by the no, time all I'm, these guys. I'm talking off. about you, Gordon Tallis. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, Reynolds, but I mean, I'm talking about I'm Hodges. talking about players that have a, a that have a, a fucking lineage to that era of the Broncos. Darius Boyd's the only other one. He's Doesn't legit, matter. The- Corey Parker's fucking gone. I mean, he was the la- he was probably the last of them. Yep. So, yeah, so like, I mean, I know I know that they're, they're influential and they speak to the media, and the media will let them be dialer quotes and shit like that. And that's exactly why. Yeah, that's exactly why. If they go out and go against the popular culture vote, there. Yep. Then they are directly to blame when it blows up. If they go Kevy, yeah, then they have some plausible deniability. 
whoever's like it won't it won't be white, but Lockyer no. will still be on the board. Yeah. You know, um, to say I oh, will look. You know, we we listened to the counsel of the old boys and took on took on that because they thought it was important, and we we agreed to listen to them and yada yada yada. I think that's why they'll go that way. Yeah, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll give that as an excuse though, because I mean they want to undertaking air quotes a rigorous process for this thing. Yeah. I, and I just, I just don't know if Kevy stands up to rigor on any other any criteria other than ex Broncos player. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the only cri- the only criteria. But again, I he, think he would be sure to have from his time as an assistant to Wayne. Yeah. He would have references and and fucking um, you know dialer quotes or, or whatever you want to call them from ex players that he coached then from a much more successful Broncos time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think he'll use. Yeah, but I think his coaching record. I mean, you, you can't you can't even look at the Queensland thing. Fifty percent is not a great record, but. But you no. can't even look at that because there's no, there's not really any coaching that happens in Origins. Like, it's more just like it, it's more motivational man management sort of thing, yeah. and that's probably the sort that's of thing it. that he is good at. Mm. But there's no coaching. These players know how to play, and you've only got it for a couple of weeks. I mean, you're not coaching yeah. these guys to do fucking anything. They're the best of the mm. best. Exactly. Um, so I, I think that Paul Green is probably the guy that is the. I think he's the coach they need, but I don't think he's Does the coach they'll <sighs> get. No. I don't think Paul Green thrives in that Broncos system. If he goes in there, he's a, he, but he's a, he's a, basically a coach that will he will he will get the. I think he's a, he's the uh, the coach that can get them sort of pulling in the same direction and actually make the young guys yep. get yeah, better. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And you know what? It might not it might not be a painless process, and he does have enough. I think he has enough old boys credit, not for Broncos, but through his Queensland. Yeah. He's probably got enough connection to a lot of those guys that perhaps that he might not be their first choice, but he might be a palatable choice. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, yep. we're just fucking, we're putting, we're putting thoughts into people's heads who have proven that they don't fucking think that, that well. Exactly. Right. So, so I think we've probably thought about it more deeply than any <laughs> Broncos fans. I'll tell you what, now's your chance. Who is the coach that you want at your side? Mm, criteria, the criteria, the, the criteria uh, for this exercise uh, is um, must be available now. You can't, you can't sort of fantasize about any if fucking Bellamy leaves here or if this coach gets fired. It's got to be someone who's on the table right now, today, as we speak. And mm. who is it, and why? State your case. Let's see what you boys and girls think. Uh, let's see, we've got more, more Broncos, more Broncos. Well, before we move on to Seabold thing, how's the form of that fucking guy? What was his fucking name? Phil Murphy, mm. who's uh, yeah, in property development. Yep. He's done, done a couple of estates around here, actually. I saw through his business when I looked him up. Um, he's he's the largest private uh, shareholder of the Broncos yep. uh, with about, what, 22 or 24% or something like that. Mm-hmm. Thereabouts, uh, to and that compares to to News Corp, who have about sixty eight percent, I think, you know, and yep. a couple of decimals. And uh, he said <laughs> that uh, that he compared Seabold to a cancer that needs to be cut out before the before the Broncos die. Yeah, and 
the the context he didn't actually call him a cancer but what yeah so <laughs> but what he did do though was uh yeah sort of likened him likened him to to that so he said uh well he's talking about first thing that like he's like if someone wants to buy my shares in the broncos i'll talk to him i don't know what'll happen but i'll talk to them <laughs> but uh he says uh about Seabold and whether he should get the axe. He said, I've been asked about that many times. He came to the club with a good record, but his record since he's been at the club has been crap. If you tried to write the worst debacle, the worst fall of grace of any sporting club in the world, you could not write what has continually happened week in, week out for the last 18 months at the Broncos. It becomes like a disease. If you get cancer, you've got to treat it, but they haven't cut it out. So. (laughs) Yeah. And this guy, this guy is a fucking, like, he's a prize cunt. Did you see some of the other stories that came? Oh, well, Seabold actually... You know, he sort of retorted and mentioned that he's only ever met the guy probably three times or spoken to him three times, um, a couple of which were when he had to get him removed from the from the dressing rooms because the players were complaining about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, ah, that, that's the thing, and Seabold's going to struggle with this for a long time. Yeah. Like, for a long time. These little fucking hot shot point scoring opportunities yep. he has to have. Yes. Just go to his fucking character. And and unfortunately, if he gets a job at another club, he's going to be a headline. Because of what's happened here at the Broncos. Yep. Because of all of the the rumors and police involvement and lawyers and all of this junk. Yep. He is now going to be a headline forever. And reporters have figured out that it is a very fucking easy proposition the wine to ask him to get up. a quote. Yeah, yeah. The thing, the the thing about Seabold is he's he's, just, he's spectacular. He's had the most spectacular loss of a head coaching job that in recent memory for rugby league. Mm. You got Madge, who's at the Tigers now, who's said in interviews that you know that Seabold fucking was knifing him from the assistant position at yep. Souths. Yep. So he's poisoned. He's he's poisoned as a head coach. Yep. And he's he's you know poisonish as an assistant coach. So well, this he's is basically, you know, a non-playing Robbie Farrah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah, he is. Now this is the this is the career this is the path to redemption for Seawold. Or the path to making money as a head coach again. <laughs> assistant coach at the doggies with his mate Baz. Nice Baz, because Baz is crap, and we know that. Gets a doggy's head coaching job. Still sucks balls. <laughs> hey, wasn't he assistant to Trent first? Yes. Not first, but he was, yeah, before South, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Mm. Yep. Dumpster. And yeah, still still nothing yet on the uh on the 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 mysterious hunt for um the internet people that was going to see names named in 24 hours, four days ago. What I got from that, and it was fucking weird the way he said it, it was like, almost like, oh, I'm going to sit down and have a long think about my decision, but my decision is that I'm going to give police some names. Yeah, I'm going to give them to the police and they'll do what they're going to do sort of thing. So, it, like, it sounds to me like he's engaged this private firm mm-hmm. that have charged him a shitload of money. Yes, to probably just use Google for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> and have given him some names. Yeah. Now, somebody I work with um, 
sibling works for Queensland Police in the, what do they call it? Digital Forensics? Yep. Section. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting to hear like how, how much the police are going to want to get involved. Yep. They're, they're used to stuff like, hey, here's a laptop that we got from a drug bust. Yep. Or, you know, here, here's a fucking phone that belonged to a pedo. Yeah. What can you get out of it? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to, you know, somebody sent a fucking story, which everyone that I saw sharing it was basically sharing a bunch of them at once and going, how fucked is this? Mm-hmm. Like none of them are the same. How and they're all and, and, and they're all screenshots. Yeah, you know, fucking trade like <laughs> it's that's they're not going to lead you to the uh, the original thing. Yeah, so um, it's it's just it's just bullshit. It's just like it's it's just internet big dick fucking talk. Yeah, yeah, from someone who doesn't actually know how things work or hasn't been told how things work or perhaps has been oversold how yeah. things work. That's that's it. That's a hundred percent it. Yep. Now, um, moving on, the uh, Broncos' fallen star Tavita Pangai Jr. has reportedly provided the NRL with a breakdown of broken third-party promises in a move that could have massive ramifications moving forward. Yes. Um, apparently, he had been left infuriated by missing payments from his deal and wanted the NRL to investigate them. And uh, Pangai is apparently being pressured from some in the game to keep quiet and move on. But on Monday, he met with the Integrity Unit, where he outlined a lengthy and detailed list of broken third-party promises made to him. Uh, So apparently, he's been completely honest and open in the meeting with the Integrity Unit and uh, said to have gone on for several hours. And uh, these are massive concerns, allegedly, for the Broncos. There was um, our good friend uh, Hammers shared something with us, and I forget who who authored it, but it wasn't a bad thought that, you know, this stinks fairly certainly of of a player manager who understands that his player is, is in danger of having a contract ripped up. Yeah. And just doesn't want any negative press to do it. So I, I guess firing a shot across the bow at other uh, at other organizations or or leaders about what he's capable of. This one it, it could be everything or it could be nothing. Yeah, you know the one of the versions of the story that I've heard is that there was a group who approached the Broncos and said, hey, we, we want to do something. And they said, no, thanks, we're good, uh, but we can put you in touch with his manager, which is that arm's length process. Technically, if that's happened, then that's all, I, I guess, above board. Yeah, what I've read though is that someone like the Broncos initiated the arrangement with the third party and hasn't been forthcoming. 
<coughs> and the yeah. thing, the thing about the arm's length thing, is that. Well, I mean, like in this day and age, it, it seems to be very subjective. There's no, there's no fucking science applied to the arm's length thing. Like mm. Manly got done for not arm's length enough because fucking Greenberg hates fucking Manly since he was back at the doggies back in the day. What what was, was the was, actual story there though? There was it, from from what I've heard from inside the club is that it was like it, it was stock standard third party shit. Yeah, it was stock standard, and uh, and and believe me when I say that. I've been told of the bad stuff, <laughs> so it wasn't like a sugar coating thing either. Yeah. It was like it was it was it was mis- like actual being mis- being mystified at this and like not having any ability to you know to successfully appeal it or anything because it was fucking mystifying. Yeah. Okay. And like, yeah, they could have got you know, there's stuff you can get from clubs. You can get you can get stuff on clubs all the time. Like if you, yep. if you want to bust them, but yeah, yeah, apparently this wasn't this was it was not even close to one of those things. So. Again, it it shocks me that the Bronto Brontos fucking Brontos. Bron- the dinosaurs, uh-huh. the fucking Brontosauruses. <laughs> God, fucking stroking out again. Oh no! Um, shocks me the Broncos are caught slipping like that, though. Yeah, like how many times have we well, said once it again about- not caught slipping? Whistleblower. But but that's it. Mm. The only way you get done for shit like that, if it's done properly, yep. is through a disgruntled party yes and if you have somebody that you are about to try and make completely disgruntled Mm -hmm. would you not make sure that all your ducks are in a row well yeah you would think you would think so this is what brings me great joy about the broncos is that that's the sort of mess that their front office seems to be in in how they're operating there's no andrew g to fucking walk away this time and and they seem to be completely reactive instead of proactive, even down to the shamozzles with his breach notice, where they issued him with one, and it was apparently you know just full of fucking errors and yeah, and absolutely not legally correct. Yeah. So they had to, you know, say, oh no, disregard that, and then spend the proper time to issue him a proper breach notice. Like just just that sort of thing. Like if yeah. I see that with a business. That's a giant fucking red flag yep. for other areas of how the business is being operated. Yeah, and yeah, but the thing is, this was a couple of days ago now with Pangai. I mean, mm. I, I I think from that he'll I think that he'll start being really contrite now that now that Seabold's gone, and per, and perhaps even look to stay and get a PR campaign going. Well, he already has. He's already because, said he wants to finish the Broncos, and he owes them a lot, and they took chances on him, and yeah, exactly. So you know, all those cliches. Yeah, so you know, I guess we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah. uh, a couple of other short ones before we uh, that'll be enough. That's enough for the Broncos. So Broncos fans, welcome Broncos fans, and uh, and other news listeners who also have to be Broncos fans. You can start listening again. Uh, <laughs> funny story that we saw was it yesterday or was it today? I can't remember. I think it was yesterday. That this is it's just fucking hilarious. The headline is. Mumbai backs Tigers clean out as he says underperforming players must go. West Tigers co-captain Moses Mumbai believes coach Michael Maguire is entitled to clean out the inconsistent Tigers saying you deserve to be under pressure if you're on big dollars and not performing. I said said in the Facebook group but that is like the Leroy Jenkins' shit I've ever heard from a player's mouth. Yeah. 
What now? Was he was he on eight hundred k? I think it was eight fifty, wasn't it? Or was it more than that? I don't know. It was a fucking lot. It, it was. It, it qualifies him as a big dollar not performing player. Let's put that's it that it. way. That's it. Um, just as a side note, I threw something up in the Facebook group the other day, just about players that were on over a mil. I don't think he was over a mil. No, he wasn't over a mil. I, I, I want to uh, say eight fifty, but yeah. And whether whether the, the 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 doggies are saddled with a portion of that too is another is another question. It is, and who knows? That's still a lot of May- fucking money. Maybe from internal Tigers stands, he's doing everything that's been asked of him. Maybe each player goes out there and they've got certain KPIs that that they've been asked to hit, and maybe he's hit his every week, and he gets little fucking green ticks in the Tigers review session. Who knows? But fuck me, that's. Like it's brave when, when the team's just not performing as a whole. But it's also a pretty shit kind of thing to say about your teammates. It's really fucking divisive, though, if you think about it. Yeah. Because I mean, it's common knowledge that Russell Packer's on a lot of money and that um, Josh Reynolds is on a lot of money. Yep. And like those two particularly, I think are the, are the main two. And so you hear that coming out of someone else who's like suspect number three on a lot of money. I mean, you know, he's fucking talking about one or both of those guys. Yeah. Especially but Josh then, Reynolds. Yeah. You think they have some sort of fucking history too going back. Exactly. With doggies and, uh, you know, so, you know. Yeah. And, and now who knows? Look, give, giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like the guy's obviously, he strikes me as a well-meaning simpleton. You know? Um, he, he doesn't seem malicious. He, do, he he's doesn't trying seem. To back, he's trying to back the, his coach up basically. He is? He's trying to be a little pet for the coach. And looking at it a different way, it could almost be read that he's saying <clears throat> the team's underperforming and tenure or wage shouldn't have any bearing on any of us being in the targets, being being in the crosshairs. You know, and, and by him meaning that, you know, no one should be protected. Everyone should be expected to perform to to where they know they should be. I think that's what he was trying to get across. It just came across a little bit fucking cuntish. Yep, yep. But hilarious. Yes. Also also hilarious is uh, that it came out today that Canterbury have signed Blake Green to a one-year deal. Yes, and they will, have. And will honour the contract despite the veteran rupturing uh, his ACL for Newcastle last Sunday. Jesus so, Christ. They, they, before he was injured, they signed the contract with him. Mm-hmm when they decided that there was no chance that Kieran Foran would be staying at the club after yep. the end of the season. Yep. So it was a one-year deal. Both people intend on honouring the one-year... Both parties intend on honouring the one-year deal. Very easy for Blake Green, though. He's got his fucking ruptured ACL. He's only going to be there for the last month of the, of the season. I don't know how much value <laughs> one could derive from a... Yeah, he's an experienced player, but is yep. his chat that good? Is his general vibe that good? Because don't forget, this is the player that under the instructions of his manager and the same one that you were alluding to earlier with Pangai, mm. that he wanted to take a big money three-year deal at the Warriors when he was playing for Manly. He had one year to run on his Manly contract and at the behest of his manager, basically just didn't show up for training until he got his release. Yep. Who was the fucking coach when he was doing that? Yeah. Trent exactly. Barrett, and then Trent exactly. Barrett goes back to the well, 
and pulls this cunt out again. It, yeah, who fucking, yeah, I don't know. It's just delicious. It's delicious. Fucking moist. Makes me harder than a cat's head, as they say. I have no overwhelming hate for the Bulldogs. Um, no more so than any team that isn't mine. So I, I am, I guess, you know, ambivalent to this sort of shit and just find it mildly amusing. Yeah. I find it very so, amusing. Not for the club, for the two parties involved. Yeah. The two main yeah, parties involved. Um, I I'll tell you... You got nothing else to add to it because you feel you find it mildly amusing, right? Oh, look, I, I don't get how they can go in there and not have anyone say to him, "Look, we we need big names." Yeah, you know, we need a mass fucking clean out of the shit we've got. Yep. And who knows? Maybe they do. Not maybe. I'm sure they probably do, and we just aren't privy to it, obviously. Yep. But I'm I'm not sure how Blake Green is their priority in that sort of thing. Their forward pack gets absolutely fucking rolled. Yep. Almost every game. Their best forward, they had to stand down, and then he saw his opportunity to get out of the shithole and cried that no one rang him. Well, he was flat. Like, like let's, let's be real. He was flat out fired. Yeah. And it had, and it had the ability for reinstatement on appeal. Yeah, exactly. And then just like in an absolute uh, coincidental moment, I've just my eye just caught a picture of um, Luke Thompson on my Twitter window. Yes. And the headline is here. I'm not a subscriber to the DT, so I don't know what the article is. But the headline is this: The Bulldogs have a huge problem on their hands with fears star recruit, recruit Luke Thompson could cut his NRL stint short. Jesus Christ. Um, fuck. It, again, it, it goes Welcome to Welcome to the Trent era, Doggies fans. Strap yourselves in. To, to that problem all clubs have at some stage or another of not being able to cut underperforming players. You know, sure, you can drop them to Reggie's. But if the issues aren't fixed, you're still stuck with them for the course of their contract or you end up paying for them to play elsewhere. Yep. So, but again, dogs aren't my team, so fuck them. <laughs> now, for the, the story that I found hilarious this week, and uh, this one takes us over to the English Super League, but this time we won't let the uh, the Super League pod take care of it. We'll do this one ourselves. But Super League have signed an exciting new sponsorship deal with Papa John's. Now, I don't believe we are, we've got Papa John's down here anywhere, do we? But obviously, a very large pizza chain, especially in the United States. Yep. And presumably, they have a presence in England. Mm-hmm. How much money would you suggest a competition would receive in sponsorship from a global-ish pizza em- empire franchise? Let's say if Pizza Hut wanted to get on board... And instead of chicken time on the video referee screens, it was fucking stuff crust Hawaiian time. Mm. How much would Pizza Hut do you think have to pay to buy in to get their name on, it, on it, fucking placards and stuff? It would be a multi-million dollar namings rights deal or sponsorship deal. Yep. 
dare I say, into maybe tens of millions. Yeah, it's not the it's not naming rights, but yeah, it's a bit. It's it's like one of those ones down, down yep. you know, a little bit down from there. That's it. So Super League will not receive a penny from their sponsorship deal with Papa John's. They will. Uh, Papa John's will get the uh, match day advertising on touchline billboards, as uh, well as you know advertising at the start of Super League uh, video content. It's in place until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They hope it'll be more financially appealing next year, but it's going to get them free pizza for players and match day staff after games. The quote from the the uh, chief commercial officer of the Super League was. As we've seen since the restart, Betfred Super League games are getting faster and harder, and I know the players are grateful when they see so many pizzas to choose from after a tough 80 minutes. Jesus Christ. Papa John's marketing director's quote was, Ensuring the players and officials are fed safely post-match is paramount, and our teams are well-drilled in safely delivering fresh, hot, and tasty pizza after successfully adapting to the situation we find ourselves in during this global pandemic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't want any motherfucker ever coming to us, me, you, anyone. I want to see it on social media. You can't ever fucking say the Super League is a <laughs> competition that can be mentioned in the same breath no. as the NRL. Don't no. Fucking don't, don't ever do that. If fucking Papa John's came to us on this show and said we would like a sponsorship deal we will not pay you but we will give you free pizza we would politely tell them to go fuck themselves yep and then (laughs) to just absolutely have the, the balls to pull the old Corporate, we care about you and we're all in this pandemic together. Shit. It fucking reeks of insincerity. That That's fucking gross. Oh, it's a, it's a great deal for Papa John's though. Oh, 100%. They throw out a couple of fucking Supremes. Yeah. And it's like not gourmet pizza here. It's like your Domino's equivalent, you know, that sort of thing. Throwing out, that, throwing out a few pizzas to get televised advertising for your brand so and, there oh, is you know. there is a place in Glen Waverley called Papa John's Pizza is that real do you think or that's like an actual Italian guy whose name I think is it's I think it's a guy Giuseppe. named John yeah. yeah that's it but yeah so see, this thing if they were in Australia old mate would be gone he'd be dust yeah. by now yeah exactly <laughs> oh look Papa John's Pizza were at the franchising expo Oh, so they're, so they're starting to make a move then. So Papa John's is the third largest pizza company in the world. Yes. So you would say Domino's is number Domino's one. Domino's and Pizza Hut number one and two, in whatever order that may be? Domino's would be number one, definitely. They are the Coca-Cola of the the pizza world. Um, well, there you go. So, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Fox Super League. Yeah, hilarious. That's the funniest story of the week. Yes. Recaps. 
The Parramatta Eels 14 defeat the Melbourne Storm 0 at Bankwest on Thursday night. The Eels 14 tries to Wunga Blake and Mike Sivo. Moses, one conversion, two penalty goals, defeating the Melbourne Storm 0. Yeah, this one shocked me. I uh, I thought, given the way the Storm performed pretty much with the same, same outs against the Roosters, that uh, they'd go in and and take this one fairly comfortably. But yeah. Parramatta really pulled them down into a grittier style of football. Yeah. And and when you can frustrate Melbourne, it it humanizes them. You know, if yes. you can really get in there and get under their skin and frustrate them in one way or another, disrupt mm-hmm. their rhythm. Uh, and that's what Parramatta seemed to do all night. And it was just when they had their opportunities, and they were not, by no means flawless, but when Parramatta had their opportunities, they took full advantage of those. The Storm, for their part, you know, they had some horrific injuries during the game as well. Yeah. Just couldn't. And this was the, and this was the most injured to the spine that Melbourne mm-hmm. Storm have been all mm-hmm. season. But... Um, and they had look. They had their chances. They had some. They had some good opportunities, like good ball, you know, from penalties and, and and stuff like you know, starting their sets from you know, pretty close out, and you know, couldn't convert them. Just didn't have the strike power yeah. to do it. Um, I mean, the I don't I don't find the Eels to be any more compelling as a competition threat than I did last week. And you know, like the last month, we've been you know saying not that they're cooked, but like they're definitely like a tear down. Yeah. And this really doesn't didn't do a lot to dispel that. I don't think. No. But, I mean, it was certainly a move in the right direction for them. I mean, let's face it, a win it is, is a win. A win against the Melbourne Storm, however weakened is a win against the Melbourne Storm. That's it. Count. And psychologically... And the nil scoreline would be super Psychologically to, the, to those players, they've taken out the front-running teams this year. You know? Yeah. Um, yep. I think also the good thing for Parramatta is it shows that they'll get up. The week before... They they were underwhelming, to say the least. Yes, but Correct. they did put it together when it mattered, albeit against a uh, a weakened opponent. So. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything for them to take out of it, then it's that that's what they did sort of earlier in the season mm. too. They put it together when they you know when they had the chance or when they had to, and that's how they you know how they you know strung all those wins together early mm-hmm. on. That's it. Well, I hit some tweets. First one on that game. We'll give Adam out of the Facebook group. He said, is Wonga Blake into the same thing as Stepdad? It's like he's wearing gloves that make him unable to pass the ball. Also, his style is to always come inside, I assume, so the gloves don't get stains. Ha ha, yes, exactly. That's what it is. And there is that Penrith connection as well. So, yeah, you're probably well, you know, right. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell. Facebook said, fucking purple cunt screaming ref's fault is the funniest thing I have seen this season. And that was probably the highlight of the game from the Melbourne point of view was Bellamy's press conference afterwards. Talking about it's not, players yeah. diving for a crusher. And you know what? I fuck I actually I'm inclined to agree with him and I'm not talking I'm not singling out yeah. Parramatta. It's it's definitely become yeah. a thing. The way that the players sort of back into it. If you're if you're a player in possession of the ball and you back into the attacking, uh, you back into the defence and then sit mm. down, it's almost impossible for the defender who's trying to ground you not to do something that visually 
triggers a referee interpretation of what could be a, a crusher. Mm. I think that 99% of all fucking crushes are accidental. And it's yes. all, and it's just and it's a, and it's a it's a weird combination of players trying to put players on the ground, and the players backing into the line. Yeah, I'm not saying they're faking it, but it certainly makes it look more like exactly, it. exactly. I mean, I've seen I've seen like Nathan Brown. I've seen him do you know like you know against the Tigers or whatever. You know, he sort of faked it, got the penalty, and jumped straight up to his feet, fucking good as gold again. Um, yeah, I don't think we've seen anything. I don't think we've seen anything that overt since, or even you know even before then. But it's definitely happening, and I don't know really if there's much of an answer to it because the way professional sports worldwide are going, you know, you've got these concerns. You've got yeah. CTE, you've yep. got blood, you know, this and that, and you know, injuries to injuries to necks and shit is another one yeah. of those high value, you know, things they want yep. to stamp out. My, so I expect to see it tactically used even more. So my easy fix to that is that that becomes a new um, guideline for the referees. That as soon as a player is turned away from his from his try line, or sorry, from, from the opposing try line, or something straight that, away, something. that counts as a hell call. Now, yeah, okay. what's that also going to do? It's going to reduce you know, the amount of little popped-out-the-back offloads that can be thrown. That's a casualty yeah. of player safety. The only thing is, it's also it's also going to speed up the the play of the ball because the opposition not going to have the opportunity to take them to the ground. On the ground. That's and, it. You know, so they might so so they might have to give some more leeway before you know on the on the release call or something like that. So they the you yeah. know to because because you can't because you can't give an attacking team an advantage in a fast play of the ball because they're backed into a situation that could result in a crush. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean it, it, the, the defensive line can't be penalised for that because that's a, that's a decision yep, from the attacking team. So that's has to be yeah, some sort of penalty. That's thing. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll figure it out but they're not going to... Yeah, these ones that go to ground with the guys turning yeah. their back and like, yeah, and you're right, like you're popping offloads out the back, that's that's mm-hmm. a thing and that's a, that's a, you know, that's a reason why, why players back into the yep. line a lot of times. So... Mm. But yeah, yeah my, my feeling is that if they want to get rid of the crusher tackle then they need a set of defenders. No, you can't do it either. But they also need to make it so that attackers can't milk it. You know, it, it's hard to yep. milk getting shoulder charged. It's hard to milk yep. properly getting a head high. People do. Like the minute they feel any contact on their shoulders, they fall down and fucking grab their face. Just like now. Yep. You know, yep. all of a sudden the back the back of their neck's hurting like they've actually been, you know, working at a fucking desk for eight hours. And then the penalty gets blown, and they just stand up and, and ride as fucking rain again. So, yeah. exactly, it was all like like someone once someone once told me in regards to car accidents, you know, soft tissue damage doesn't show up yeah. on an X ray. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 anecdotal. Yeah, spot on. So fucking so 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 just fucking mm. play it up yep. for all it's worth. Exactly. That's the and that's the diet, and that's and that's what's yeah. going to happen. Um, moving along, I oh, know you on the, got more tweets, most probably. Yeah. Uh John said, Para's lack of composure in the second half was horrendous. I get wanting to put an understrength team away, but our attack really lacked the polish and professionalism it needed to have, especially if Parramatta are going to be having their premiership credentials critiqued over the coming weeks. We'd like to have seen a bit more level-headedness out there, but on the plus side, the defence did its job and rightly kept the bits and pieces storm scoreless. That's it. Okay, next up we have the uh, (coughs) Panthers. 
38 defeating the Sharkies 12. The Panthers tries came through. Kick out a double to Mansour in his milestone game. Uh, Naden Crichton, uh, Liam Martin, and uh, Luai with tries. Cleary five or seven conversions. The Sharks had tries to Ramian and Connor Tracy. Uh, two conversions from two attempts to young Matt Moylan. What an unhappy night for the little fucking coke fiend. <laughs> young Matt Moylan aged fucking quicker than that cunt at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or No, what was one where the cunt got old? <laughs> it wasn't it? Wasn't it? Last Crusade. Was it no. not the end of Raiders? Oh, Last Crusade was the, the whole... Because he drank the, out of um, the wrong cup. The, arc, the, the, the yeah. Nazi... Yeah, whatever. so Matt Moylan is a Nazi. That's what I'm saying here. Yes. Okay. Very... Bang on analysis. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, new listeners. It, it was an- another good start by the Panthers. Like, a very fast start. Yes. But more yep. importantly, this week, they kept up with it. What's happened in previous weeks with Penrith is they've started really hot, but they're not exactly gone off the boil, failed to keep the pressure and the points rolling through to really put their dominance and dictate how the game's played. This game, though, they stepped up at every opportunity. And every time the Sharks came back and tried to match them for intensity, they kicked it up a gear until finally it got to the stage where the Sharks just weren't able to stick with them. And to their credit, the Sharks had periods of this game where they 100% had the ascendancy in terms of attacking time and they 100% had the ascendancy in terms of running the Penrith defence around but every fucking time that happened there were individuals or groups of individuals working together in defence that stood up and just shut down everything the Sharks threw at them you know you look at the like there was um, Nathan Cleary absolutely fucking monstrous in defence at the back putting people over the sideline Arpy fucking stripping the ball one on one, which is a catalyst to the next try. And Martin just at Moylan all fucking night. You could tell from the get go that was the mission he was given. They, mm-hmm. you know, some of them had first hand experience of what Moylan's defence was like. Yeah. <laughs> and especially being so fresh back into the side, he was he was going yeah. to be a target. So that. And, and and up in the line too, not you know, not yeah. protected a little bit, you know, That's back it. and full back. That to me is a coaching failing for the Sharks. You know? You've got a player who's had some defensive questions over his career, who's so fresh back from injury, and to not plan for that side to run at him all night. That's where these inexperienced coaches do things like get blinded by the kick out factor and focus too much on that side of the field. But Martin was absolutely... Yeah, but at the same time as well, I mean, you can't, you know, it's, it's a fucking professional sport. You can't hide players. No, like, Darren Lockyer made a career on, out on the field as well. He's got to do... He's, he's got to, yeah, but I mean, it's a different game from... It is. You know, like, that's, that's, that's nine years ago now. I mean, now players get kneed mm. in the face, you know, when they take... When they when they got to take a high ball and they actually keep <laughs> playing and they bitch out in the finals. <laughs> like, that, hap- that, that that's a thing. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um... And yeah, in the second half, the Sharks came out and had most of the running for for the beginning period of that second half. They threw a lot in attack at Penrith. And the Panthers were able to calm themselves down on the field. And that's 
one of the things I'm happier about with this team this year, that as a group, they can really switch gears either up or down because they were probably a little bit too frantic in that second half and needed to notch things back a bit and just start playing some simpler football, start winning the territory battle again, start applying the pressure, and then the points came. It was a great performance. Tweets on kick out fucking dumb. Yes. Like three yes. minutes to go. Exactly. Thankfully, it wasn't more. Yeah. You know, it's on, it's going to cost me a week. It doesn't matter. You're playing with the Tigers, so I mean, yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter. But, you know, come on, man. Three minutes left in the game. Yeah, fucking calm spot down. On. And uh, look, you know, the, the, there is that thing. You've got the game so fucking well won, but not to drop that intensity. I get that and I appreciate that. Yeah. But you're 100% right. Be smarter. Uh, Shanta said, unfortunately for Cronulla, Penrith were fired up and in the mood to put a hurting on a pack of racists. Uh, Fat Harry Lazy said, Cronulla were an Instagram model and Penrith were the Phoenix Suns. Hashtag Yiri of Cleary. <laughs> ben said, Moylan playing with the passion of a man who knows if he didn't have hamstrings made from overcooked spaghetti, he could have been a part of the hashtag Yiri of Cleary. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. <laughs> Uh, Dominic said Moylan calling Liam daddy he's holding his pocket for a long time Liam Martin making Matt Moylan look like a fucking child thank fuck we pinned him down for another couple of years Cleary running the show like a beast hashtag Yuri of Cleary Uh, Mitch said how long until the ban is over and we get our peptides back And uh, and Big Gav, uh, with uh, what you were alluding to before, who won the trade? I don't know who won the trade, but I fucking know who won the war. Yeah, I figure, because yeah, I, I, I saw someone lay out a whole bunch of reasons why Cronulla won the trade, and I can't remember who it was, but I actually read that and thought, you know, you're actually kind of right. And I mean, like the whole trade thing, you know, while it's still technically going because Moylan still exists... I mean, the, the, the kind of back and forth ended with, with Maloney fucking off yep. to France, right? But, um, but you know, when you look at a dot point by dot point, it's like, yeah, yeah, well, actually, yeah, I mean, Cronulla probably, you know, they pro- they, they probably did get the, the best year, you know, the, the last great year out of Maloney. I mean, Penrith didn't, he wasn't terrible for the no, entire the, time. Look, the first, was, you know, the first year of this year was times. great. Yeah. Then, then there was the, was only good until he got selected for Origin Maloney. Yeah. Fucking, he was good in that. Yeah, he was. Too. He wasn't for Penrith, but he was fucking. He, he was, was great fantastic. in that series. Save yes. our asses. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. <laughs> Cronulla may have won the trade, but at what cost? Yeah. Everything. Yeah, they're well, not everything really. A game, a game or two of footy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. At the end of the day, it's only footy. <laughs> don't forget, don't go fucking hutches to yourselves, cunts. Uh, <laughs> over, 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 over nasty things we say. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> that's that it. For the tweets? Okay, fucking, which is next? Oh, this is a great one. The Dragons, 28, defeat the Broncos, 24. Uh, the next stop on my uh, masturbation tour of 2020. Uh, the Dragons, 28, tries to Kerr, Norman, and a double to Ravalawa. Three conversions to Zach Lomax. Three penalty goals to Zach Lomax. The Broncos, um, 24, came through, tries to Kenner. Stags, Pakes, and Dearden. Stags, four of four conversions. Um, 
look, we have maligned Smooth Corey, and Dragons fans continue to malign Smooth Corey, but fucking two occasions, and yes, I know there was some complicit behavior from outside backs from the Brisbane Broncos, but those fucking kicks, when the Broncos were coming hard for them, at the end of the game, and we were less than a try away, those kicks from, like, Corey Norman's booting it from 40 meters out from his own try line, rolling it into the in-goal area where it stops, and then they somehow get their chase down there, and on two occasions caught the Broncos player, I don't know, the second time, the last time was Boyd, I can't remember if it was even mm. both times, caught him in the in-goal for a dropout. It, it was. That's the clutchest shit he's ever done. Except when he was clutching that CC and dry and lime or whatever it was, and he was <laughs> clunging down. <laughs> that, to me, is pure Corey Norman. That that thing where he's going to have a solid game, but then, yeah. like, you think of, you know, last year, he was booting fucking field goals to sink the Broncos, you know? Yeah. And it's not, it's not clutch, per se, as you would describe clutch. Like, it's not like a pressure cooker situation, like that fucking Storm Roosters game where there were like nine field goals no. kicked back and forth. Yeah, no, it was it was just it was the perfect play at the right time to seal the win for it his was a team. Big dick swag play. That that's exactly what it was. It was you know, they they'd been a little bit lax all night. They hadn't performed fantastically, but they got they they got themselves they they'd won the match and then they'd let the Broncos back into the match. And when it counted he fucking stepped up and delivered on a couple of really important plays. That, that to me, has been Corey Norman. Yep. Um, I think Dragons fans should all apologise yes, to him personally. True. At least Correct. this week. Um, fucking Broncos, though. It, Look, they, they tried. Like the, but the, the start of the game, you know, dropped the kickoff. And that was a fucking absolute fucking not the kickoff, but drop the first kick. That yeah. that was a, a horrid fucking kick to take on a shitty surface. Yeah. Then give up a fucking six again call in the middle of the set and give up a try. You know? Yeah. Um and and Norman, as much as he was great with his big dick swag plays, him as a fucking power running half. Like where the fuck has that been? I don't I, I yeah. don't think I've seen him do anything else rather than turn it And is this, and is this a mandate? I mean, is this something that the Dino has has charged him with now that he can actually make I was it trying to read up a little bit on Dean Young and his coaching and I came across an interview he must have done since the sacking. Yeah. Fuck him. he 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 would worry the fuck out of me if I was a Dragons fan. Like already, like after being in the chair for one week, he was already talking about, you know, you know, just saying things like, you know, my staff are really good. Yeah, you know, there was there. Well, you know, I can I can see he's trying to he's, he's he's trying to get the whole collection of people brought forward through into twenty twenty one. Oh no, no, well, I I'd suggest more. It's, it sounded to me like there are a lot of eyes and mys in his speech. Okay, it wasn't. We have a great staff here at the Dragons who are all. It was my staff are. Yeah, that could have just been him, like you know, first week in, just trying to assert exactly. the fact that it's that's exactly what it sounded like. 
and not McGregor's anymore. You know, so and yeah, we, that that that's fine as long as it's not something he, you know, carries on. Um, it was forever. he was also asked directly because again, you you remember that the issue with McGregor was that he couldn't pick his own team. Yes. Um, so he was asked flat out if he does, and it came out that you know, yes, he he has full control over which team selected. So, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, and then they, then apparently hookers in the running. Yeah, there you go. And who knows? Maybe that's what that team needs. I, th- you know, I, I, I rate Hook as a, as a guy to get into a club at a certain time in the development that's of the squad. It. And you know, the Dragons. I don't, I'm not sure if they're if they're at that time. In fact, you know what? The fucking Broncos at their current time are probably more. Yeah. At the, you know, more at the more yeah. at the time, but um, but you know. Young doesn't get a great a great shot. He gets five games yep. to prove himself. Yep. He's had one, and you know he beat the Broncos. And I mean, yeah, you know, that's I guess that's kind of ex- an, an assumed or expected yeah. thing. But uh, you know, so far mm. so good. In the Facebook group, Aussie Lando said, "I am harder than a cat's head right now. Fuck the Broncos and the <laughs> shit horse they rode in on." Let's go on, Bulldogs. Put those shit cunts on the bottom of the ladder where they belong. I might watch the replay later, but I'm afraid of wearing myself down to a raw nub or pulling the root fair out of myself. Jesus. <laughs> Steady on. You beat the Broncos by two. Well, how many? Two? Four? Four. 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 Yeah. Uh, uh, Simon. It's a win, it's a win. Said, fuck me. Bring back the fullbacks from the 80s and 90s. As the last line of defense, they tried to break your ribs, even if you passed it. This cunt never looked like making contact. Mm. Yeah, but in this day and age, you can't be you, you, you can't be too careful either. I mean, like if you if you get it yeah, wrong, that's it. You're on the fucking sidelines. Exactly. You know because you get so they don't let them as much shit go as they used to. Uh, Cameron, there's far more there's far more cameras Correct. watching things. Cameron said, "Fuck me, throw the towel in Darius, you fucking egg." Uh, uh, Zach said fuck my life Mm. and uh, Elvie said we're really getting the full stags experience a few moments of excitement but ultimately disappointing nice poor cunt won't play origin because there are people that aren't a centre that are better at his position than him (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where are we Titans sorry yeah the, the Raiders 36 to feed the Titans 16 at Seabus. Uh, the Raiders 36 came through a double to Nick Kotrick, uh, a double to Jack White and uh, Starling Hudson Young also with tries. Croker five or six conversions and a penalty goal. Titans 16 tries to Sammy Brimson and uh, Keegan Hipgrave with Fogarty two or three conversions. The Titans continue this trade. Is it is it the third week in a row where they've scored first and scored early? Yeah, this is this is this is where the Titans are at at the moment in their development. This this game, I mean, Canberra have been uh, slow yep. to start. Uh, that I mean, well, you know, I guess it's better than fading Correct. away at the end. But they, they do seem to be a little bit slow to start mm-hmm. lately, and um, the Titans take, took advantage yep. of that. But once again, it's another one of these games. Like Canberra, they keep rolling on like, and they're a side that's actually getting better yes. week on week. Still, without yeah, I mean, their like, starting but, yeah, Broncos and. Yeah, I mean Bronco, Broncos and Titans back to back is is hardly like the staunchest test in the world, but yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. And they're one, of, yeah, they're one of these teams that were expected to fall into a, fall into a pile when they mm. lost their nine, but they've actually not not only maintained but actually improved. 
as the season's yeah, gone. Yeah, exactly. And it Canberra have have enough of that individual brilliance as well that that's going to do them very well in games. You got stuff like you know Whiten had an absolutely fucking massive first half. It yep. Cemented his place as close to the the best six. I would suggest in the comp at the moment, just based on form, maybe not on overall team mm-hmm. performance. Then you get stuff like Papali's chase, running down a fucking half. That was fucking and crazy. Yeah, it it is. It, it, it's that sort of stuff that turns games. Those moments. It didn't yep. help the Titans' chance. So they do things like finally score a try, look like they're back in the game. Then they let in another try. Then mm-hmm. they somehow fuck up a scrum, and there's an intercept try to Cotrick. Like the, yeah. they're their own worst enemy all the fucking time. Yep. Um, new coach this. Oh, sorry, a new deal for their coach this week, which I thought was fucking odd. What it was. There was blood in the water at the Broncos, mm-hmm. and the Titans obviously like what they see with Holbrook. The results aren't quite there at mm-hmm. the moment. He's only won one more game than Seabold did yep. this year, but they they haven't been they haven't been raped as hard as the Broncos. You know, not nearly. I mean, you know, like they'll 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 take a thirty six to sixteen like this, but I mean they haven't been. Plus. Yeah, that's about the yeah. smashing that they take this season. Mm-hmm. And um, and on paper, with not as good a team as the Broncos. Yeah, and then they also know like this. This year probably wasn't a, a danger year for Holbrook anyway. But now, over the course of the year, he's managed to assemble you know some signings for next season uh, to have actually a very good yep. pack that should that should allow him to see what Fogarty and, and Taylor can yep. actually do. And then you got Brimson there, who who seems to be you know in great form and seems to be the answer that, they, that they've been seeking out there in, in yep. fullback. So I think they just wanted to ensure that. There was no chance the Broncos tried to pull us, you know, pull us a, a swift one and snatch him out. I but, yeah, uh, I, I, I get yeah. all of that. I'm also saying, but yeah, in isolation though, in isolation though, it is weird to extend a coach for three years when you've only won four games and you know you potentially won't win another one this season. And that's what I'm saying. If he's got all of these great players coming next year, would you not wait until yeah. say halfway through next season to see how he's going to, with them to ink the new deal? Look, you know what? I reckon that that's probably what they, you know, if you if you'd asked them a month yep. ago, I bet that was the plan. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. But I just think this uncertainty, and then as it became more and more likely that that Seabold was gone from the Broncos. But, but what? I think what, then it just became. You think less, Holbrook was going to take the Broncos job? More that the Broncos would chase him, you know, try and chase him hard to to get him and perhaps pay him. Would they? You know, something he couldn't refuse. Who fucking yeah. knows? They're a shit show yeah, now. They true. need a fucking good coach. They look at Holbrook and they go, well, look, he hasn't got the cattle that we've got, but they've won more games than us and they haven't fucking capitulated. Yep. yep. Yeah, it makes so, sense. So, you know, maybe that's, you know, just like... And this is and this is not the Broncos saying this. This is the Titans fucking insecurity yeah, saying this. And like, they've been little brother for yep. so long now. They've been little brother for like, what, fucking 30 years yep. or more. So in their various incarnations... And this is the first season that they've had the opportunity to be the big yeah, brother, okay. and they're still thinking like little. They're still thinking like little. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like it's like the little brother. It's like the the family where you got the big brother and the little brother, 
a little brother hits puberty and gets a growth spurt, and now he's fucking like way bigger than the physically mm. than the big brother. Mm. But he still remembers the way he used to get his ass beat when he was smaller, yes. and it's always in the back of his mind. That's the Titans now. That's yeah, their mentality. Gotcha. Makes sense. And that's why they and that's why they extend their perfect coach sense for three years. Perfect sense. <laughs> Hammers said Titans have been very good at starting fast, doing the hard work early, then clocking off after scoring like the job is done. It's like they're shocked that they can play footy and shit themselves and revert back to old ways. Yes, it is. Solzy said, if the Tigers weren't the worst side to rugby league since the Magpies, then the Raiders would be top four. I don't really fucking understand that. Like, Can you repeat that for I, me, I please? think he's just blaming his team being fucking underperforming cunts on the Tigers not beating the Roosters. Okay. Um, that's pretty fucking sad. They can't it, all be win- they can't all be winners. You, know, you, you poor fucks are so used to every year relying on other teams to to fail or succeed to mathematically make the finals instead of making it on your own back. The entire world is now your fucking Bathurst. I feel fucking sad for you. Fucking bathroom floor hitting with your face, motherfucker. Uh, Ivan said, "How good is Papali? <laughs> Shoe in for prop of the year." Is he prop of the year? I don't know. Mm. Uh, Adam. It's too early to start thinking about that shit anyway, but I don't, I mean, look, you know, he could, he could be in the conversation. Yeah, he could be in the conversation. I mean, he's done, I, I like, he, he does the flashy plays. He does the barge overs and the fucking big chases yep. and ankle tap things. I do like That's that for a big fella. Um, and Adam said there were six hundred, six and a half thousand here. Noise is noisy on the ground, but I would imagine not as much as they're playing on TV. So there you go. Report live from the ground. Yeah, that's uh, like don't 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 tell me it's fucking crowded at Sea Bus, yes. son. I didn't fucking come. <laughs> I didn't come down in the last shower. Um, where are we? The Roosters. Thirty-eight to feed the West Tigers. Yep. Sixteen, Leichhardt Oval. The uh, the Roosters tries came to a, a double to B Moz, a double to J Moz. Right near right near their birthdays as nice. well. I don't know if it was on, but it was within a fucking couple of days. Ikevalu, Hutchinson, Manu with tries, Flanagan, five of seven conversions. The Tigers tries to Little, Dewey, and Offaluma, and by two or three conversions. Yeah. Was was not uh, was not a happy outing for the old Tigers. And and there's a, a school of thought here that says that well you never would have gone into a a situation where you are on the ladder against the defending premiers and expected to win. Um, but if I was a Tigers fan, I... There's a point in this game... Sorry? Where they were hammering. There's a point in this game where they were absolutely mm. hammering. I would be very disappointed with the effort that, w- that I saw put in across. You know? The... Like the Tupanua break, yep. the Tigers absolutely fucking switched off on that. And when you see shit like Noffa, who was, you know, touting himself for fucking state of origin, give up on a play when a try yep. is being scored, that worries the shit out of me. That's a, 
that points to the overall feeling in that club. At the end of the first, the Roosters were up 20 nil, But it wasn't yep. like they had a glut of possession or or had, uh, you know, had a bunch of shit go their way. The stats were relatively even. They'd just done a lot yep. better with the football and made much better use of it than the Tigers did. So, you know, the... The fact that Benji's in that team, I don't know. So here's the question. If you're Madge, do you keep playing Benji, understanding his defensive um, shortcomings because of, say, age and maybe a little bit of speed for shit like his crafty veteran, like his pass to Dewey and, and the steal he had later in the game? Yeah. You know, yep. do, does the positives of Benji outweigh the negatives? I think they do in 2020. I don't know if you'd want to you know persist with it much further, but you also when you when you think about the positives and the negatives of Benji, I mean, you also have to think about what is what do you replace him with? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't have any. They don't. I mean, you know, if if uh, if Harry Grant was back then, you know, they've got a couple of other pieces they could sort of switch yeah. around and think, yep. oh, yeah. But, I mean, well, think about other clubs in history. You've had, uh, you know, attackingly, attacking brilliant players with uh, noted defensive, you know, noted defensive problems to the extent that they'll be mm. targeted. And they fucking put a guy in there. They go, okay, well, the attacking brilliance is something we need. We need to yep. score points. So we need to find a bodyguard yeah. or something to patch up the defensive mm-hmm. hole. Put our best yeah. fucking, you know, best forward defender yep. next to him or something. Exactly. Um, and look, you know, Madge probably thinks he's doing that and maybe the people targeting Benji are just, you know, fucking sensational at what they do. Now, this game's one of those outliers. If you look at it, West's had 57% of the possession and yep. completed at 80%. <laughs> yep. So that it's crazy when you think about the final scoreline and also the way the, the game yeah. ended at halftime. The Roosters missed thirty tackles. The Tigers missed thirty-five. Yeah, I would suspect what happened with that. I don't know what the halftime stats were, but I would expect that the Roosters would have had a good lead yep. at that point. And the Tigers, that first twenty minutes they had after the break, where they came yep. right back into it and almost got snatched back yep. the lead. That around, I think, because well, they got it back to See, like the, twenty. Well, no, in the first half, like the Roosters, the Tigers had fifty-two percent of the possession. In the second half, they had 56. This is what I was saying. It's this play and attitude that the Roosters have where they make you pay. So again, the Roosters missed 30 tackles. We know how they're counted, though. It's things like if if somebody gets in front of somebody, gets bumped off but slows them down enough so another man can come in to make the tackle, that still counts as a missed tackle. But when the Roosters make you miss tackles, it's a forward going through and guarantee you, Teddy is fucking sniffing around looking for that missed tackle to make the break up. The Roosters are just much better at taking advantage of those when they present themselves. Correct. Um, first tweet for that game comes from uh, at Sports Fans Life. Said, <laughs> Twice in my life I have slipped on a banana peel in front of a large crowd of people. Still less embarrassing than being a West Tigers fan. Our second tweet comes from at Sports Fans Life. 
I once innocently gave a heroin addict a lift, and after realising he was starting to heat up a spoon in my car, I freaked out. He tried to appease me by shooting up on the bonnet of my car in a public car park. Still less embarrassing than being a West Tigers fan. And I, and I will actually point out that he spelled it uh, heroin. So unless this guy was addicted to Wonder Woman movies, I, I've edited it. Um, third, Who hasn't shot up a, a nice young lady on the bottom of the heroin. car? Heroin. <laughs> uh, next tweet. Uh, it's from at Sports Fans Life. I once had my LA gear pumps stolen from my locker at school swimming carnival and walked back to Ed's barefoot. Still less embarrassing than being a West Tigers fan. Um, this one comes from uh, at uh, Sports Fans Life. <laughs> I had surgery on my balls when I was 12 and a kid at school who was next to me in hospital having his tonsils out took great pleasure in telling everyone about my surgery. Still less embarrassing than being a West Tigers fan. Um, and for the last say on this game, um, comes from at Sports Fans Life. I once had a mate come and stay the weekend at my dad's pub. We were playing video games late at night, and my dad, after finishing his shift, walked stark naked in front of my dumbfounded mate en route to the shower. Still less embarrassing than being a West Tigers fan. <laughs> And he's tagged the club in every one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking <Yes>. quality. <laughs> Made my <laughs> night. <laughs> That's it for the tweets. You got any other, other Tigers fans that want to poke up? Or There's just nothing else worth saying. For new listeners, the reason why it's a funny in-joke for us is because uh, that's that's uh, real dad, the former former co-host of the show, uh, who's recently returned to Twitter over the last couple of months, and occasionally he surfaces and yes, long-suffering that. Tigers fan, and a one that was sort of the, that was the sort of things you would have heard in the match report for that game had he still been co-hosting the show. Just the exasperation. Yes. Oh, the uh, Rabbitohs fifty-six to feed the Mighty Manly Seagulls sixteen at A and Z. Uh, tries to uh, AJ with a double, Campbell Graham with a double, Latrell with a double, uh, tries to Masters and uh, Totola, uh, Cameron Murray. Reynolds, perfect, uh, eight of eight from the boot and a penalty goal. Latrell with a, a uh, conversion as well. Manly tries to jet ski and a double to Garrick. Uh, Garrick, two of three conversions. Mm. Fucking, I tell you, the story of this season is going to be the fucking absolute fucking lack of depth of this team. I don't want to fucking hate on anyone in general. Well, I do. <laughs> after this, after this game, <laughs> after this game, I fucking uh, directed my uh, Apple TV to uh, to Amazon Prime, where I, I I saw that once upon a time in Hollywood was on there on the service for streaming. So I queued that up and I fucking love that movie and it was just a great time and it made my night so much better than it had been. And let me tell you, at the end of that movie, spoiler alert, when fucking George Tafua and Tafita Funa, Brad Parker, and yes, even Ruben Garrick come into Leonardo DiCaprio's house, I was fucking Brad Pitt smashing their faces into fucking telephones and poles and putting a fucking flamethrower on fucking George Tafua in the swimming pool. And it made me feel a lot better about the whole thing. But the fact that losing fucking players and not having the players to back them up means you get these situations where 
poor cunt. The only one I feel sorry for in the entire fucking back, you know, four or five, is Tavita Funa. Made his debut this year. He's been pretty good. He was good on the wing. He's played in the center. He was good in the center. Fucking put the cunt to fullback. I don't know. I can't remember his entire 20s career and stuff. I don't think he fucking played fullback at any point, really. He's more of a center than a winger, even. Yeah, you know, they put him in the wing to fucking fill a spot a lot of times. But, um... You can't fucking learn it, that position in fucking three training it's sessions. It's a very interesting thing you bring up there because that's what people are finding out now as well. Um, this shit's happening with player managers. Like you saw Josh adokar has been shopped around as a fullback. Yep. Oh, really? Who's getting him? Is it the Dogs or is it the Tigers? He the tigers was going to the Tigers, but apparently that right. was kiboshed because yeah. he was being shopped as a fullback. And it's, yeah, I mean, because you know, I guess Dewey's fair. He's, he's Dewey's fine, fine. but he's it's fine, because guess, player yeah. managers are seeing this that oh, okay, a wing a winger can is interchangeable with a fullback, in their head. Josh Adokar, fast as fuck. Wouldn't he be amazing if he had a little bit extra time, with the ball in his hands, before he hit the defensive lines after a kick yep. downfield? That's the fucking thought process, which is literally one hundredth, if not less than what goes into fucking yeah. fullback. The problem is, Tavita Funa is absolutely zero fault of his own here. Mm. It's not, it's got nothing, he he doesn't, I'm certain he doesn't see himself mm. as a fullback. I'm certain he has no fucking ambition to be a fullback. But the fact of the matter is, fucking first two choice fullbacks are fucking both gone. They've tried Garrick a couple of times, conceded a fucking cunt load of points, so he's obviously not an option. And the only other option you've got there is fucking Tafua, who can't even fucking hold down his wing. Yeah. So, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, you never, he can't jump. He can't fucking catch a high ball. You would, you know, you would never put him as fullback in your wild fucking He's a fucking dreams. healthy Josh Mansour at this point. He's like Josh Mansour with his face still on the fucking cutting room floor. <laughs> like that level, that level of fucking mm. intensity, mm. really. I mean, he hasn't fucking, he hasn't popped someone for quite some time now. But he'll keep coming in off his wing looking yep. for it. Yeah. Fucking hell. This game made the Rabbitohs look extremely good because there's just an absolute disconnected fucking back three there. Mm. They have no fucking like they have no fucking idea how to work together because two of them aren't aren't even the third choice in their position in a realistic fucking yeah. day. Which is just fucking unfortunate. And then you've got like Brad Parker, who I think out of probably out of every single player in the competition, I feel like that guy extracts every fucking microgram of 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 talent out of his god-given talent more than any other player in the game the problem is his talent level is fucking very low <laughs> and so so i got to love the guy for his fucking you know for his for his you know for for the mm. effort but he's he's, he's not mm. a great player so then you go and then you get Suli fucking you know there's a hole there and all of a sudden you got literally your back five players <laughs> Should not play where they should be, and then you get your fuck, and then and then you've got like a, a brand a brand new five eighth in there, and it gets to number seven before you've got someone who's actually should you know either you know comfortable in their position, you know forward pack of you know, obviously great, but um fucking hell it's just it's fucking mm. frustrating, but you know South fucking South they took full advantage. I mean they there's some you know some crazy fucking shit as well like you know like an eight point try plus the sin bin as well as the mm-hmm. eight point try and things you don't see that too often 
Usually it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of one or the other sort of thing. But I mean, try was scored, but, you know, then Simbin as well. I like, fucking needed that like a hole in the head. Mm. And um, and then on and on it fucking goes. And thank thank God now I can just enjoy the Broncos fucking spoon season without worrying about fucking <laughs> will they yes, or won't they. That's it. <laughs> get, into the, get into the finals. But... um. I I couldn't I still feel South are one of the lesser lesser teams in the top eight, and so I don't I don't think that, I don't know if there's too much they can take out of it other than like personal confidence and like feel like they they had a good game and that kind of thing. It's literally not going to work against any other side. I mean, for fuck's sake, even the even the doggies have got a more settled back three at this point of the season, so they need to be careful. Like I think on on that on yep. that aspect, but um, fucking hell. Good window for them. Yep. And uh, Funa, because he's such a fucking churchgoer, he got fined for that that uh that simbining eight point simbining oh, thing. Go. So it was probably twenty point twenty point simbining. I think he got he, he fucking paid he paid less dollars than he did points on the field for it. <laughs> uh, Joel said. Manly are playing themselves down to the Bulldogs' standard so they don't accidentally beat them, doing all of Rugby League a favour and handing Broncos the spoon. Verbatim from, from oh, can Nate's I'll, game recap. I'll tell you, I have, I, have full, I have full permission. I give them full permission to fucking lose yep. to the Doggies in a couple of weeks. And I've, and if they do, I hope, it's the, I hope that's the game that does it. Because I mean, at least then that's that's one victory that I'll take for the Beautiful. season that we did that to Beautiful. them. Beautiful. So I'm very happy, doggies, to win that game. Dan, Oops, please sorry. win it. Proceed. No, sorry, Dan sorry. said, been waiting for it to click for Souths. Not saying it's because Gags got injured in the warm up, but he is our shittest player. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I mean he's he. I mean yeah, he's a meme at this point. You know, yeah. origin, you know, origin gay guy. So yeah. Uh, Daniel said, did Manly ever concede 50 under Barrett? Interesting question. I don't remember, to yeah. be perfectly honest. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Garth said, obviously, Cust hates DCE as much of the rest of the world. <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny. That <laughs> <laughs> was pretty funny. Uh, Sam, the warden, said, boy, the Tigers really got outclassed tonight. Manly, hold my silver spoon. It's an old school dig. <laughs> uh, on a blood buzz, said, please put a shout out to any uh, Latter-day Saints church members to get in touch. I have a few nominations for missions from the Northern Beaches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, at B.43, old Ben Dunn said, Manly are going so well. DC is wishing he could do a backflip back to the Titans. He probably fucking is now, the little dodgy cunt. That's it. That's it. The Warriors 20. Oh, fuck me. This is the thing. You want to know which game I was triggered oh, with this round? Tell me about it. Now tell we get to it. it. The Warriors 20 defeat the Bulldogs 14 at ANZ. The uh, the Warriors 20 had a double to Murchie. Uh, Pompey, two of us to check also with tries. Uh, two conversions uh, to Cody Nikarima. The Doggies 14 came through tries to Meany Foran and William Hopawate. Meany, one of three conversions. Jesus fucking Christ. These cunts are fucking taking the piss. Last week, they're up by six with not much time to go. 
and they somehow managed to do every fucking thing possible to concede a try immediately and then allow the field position required for a field goal. This week, pumping them. They're still up 14-6. And fuck it, like within like what, like two like two tackles pretty much. And like two tries in and they're down fucking 20 to 14. It, yeah. Oh, it's such a frustrating pastime watching this fucking side and watching them get to match-winning leads and expecting them to win to give the Broncos a spoon and then them finding a new and inventive way to fucking exactly. capitulate. It was the simplest of simple things. It And the dogs in this game showed so much promise. Like that try they scored down their left-hand edge was mm. fucking textbook. You know, there was... Yep. It was a little bit of room. A guy's beaten with pace, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and it wasn't as if they were clean breaks. They had to work at every single pass. Every single pass had to be yep. spot on, and they were exceptional. But then on the flip side, they were just absolutely fucking unable to shut down the Warriors' right-hand side. Yep. You know, Nikarima did exactly what Nick Ream is going to be good for, that little fucking light-footed, you know, stepping, keep you guessing, and then all of a sudden take off with pace. Um, RTS had the best game that I've seen him have in a long, long, long time, you know, with the suspensions he's had and the injuries and things like that. Yep. But Jesus fucking Christ, dogs. At, at some stage, learn how to band together. When you've got a lead... Learn how to band together and say, okay, we've done this now. We, yep. we need to fucking tackle our way out of this game. That's it. Yep. Do your fucking jobs properly. Mm. Uh, Graham said, I guess I'll have to settle for Panthers winning the comp led by Dally M winning Nathan in the hashtag year of Cleary. Some dreams are just too big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, One-Eyed Tiger said Bulldogs should be relegated to State Cup Yes, they fucking should uh, Michael said the Bulldogs could make pub footy sides look good I'm a Broncos fan and we deserve the spoon These Bulldogs just won't give it up That's about the fucking extent yep. of it That's it uh, At Warriors Suck Bowls Said that was a gritty win I'm off to buy another jersey <laughs> <laughs> well, that's alright they've got a thousand of them you probably haven't got yet <laughs> and uh, at underscore JDHD44 said fuck the Bulldogs fuck the players fuck the coach fuck the fans that is exactly how I feel as well <laughs> the oh god match of the round the Newcastle Knights 12 defeat the Cowboys 0 and McDonald Jones the Knights 12 tries to Heimel Hunt and uh, Tuala 2 of 3 penalty goals to Ponga uh, after missing both conversions and uh, the Cowboys, uh, zero. Fucking nothing. This was an absolute punish of a game to watch, more so than the game that preceded it. Yeah, it was. Knights were absolutely territorially and possession wise, or at least I don't know, but I'm, you know, you're probably going to tell me a stat that I'm wrong, but it felt like every set the Knights were rolling down the field and putting on some sort of semblance of attack at the Cowboys line that they were just you know, desperately somehow mm. repel. 
and in turn, the Cowboys would get the ball. They'd receive it five meters out from their own line. They'd have a shit of a time trying to get it downfield. They'd barely get to their own 40 before they put in a kick and then the fucking treadmill yeah. begins again. And that's that's, that's pretty accurate whole game felt in like. terms of the statistical um, measure of territory. Yep. Looking at the... The Cowboys have put some attack yeah. on, though. Last Fucking last week. They yeah. put some attack on. This time, this game though, they literally had nothing, and I don't. It wasn't like the knights. The knights weren't this defensive fucking steel wall that they couldn't. They exactly. couldn't breach. They just had fucking the, nothing. You, you look at the cows, and there's there's a couple of fucking sliding doors moments in this game. That that had it just been somebody looking the other way, then things could have been very fucking different. So after after felt ended up with the ball on a break, gets tackled. Granville scoops it up at a dummy half and goes right. Decides to go right. Where the Knights had fucking defenders all fucking day and his days of beating people with pace or catching someone offside in that situation are fucking gone. If he goes left, they had like a fucking 97-man overlap out that side. Yes. Later in that same play, though, uh, sorry, in that same set, they fucked up their fifth tackle. Absolutely fucked up their fifth tackle. Went to run it. Ended up in the hands of forwards. Absolute fucking capitulation. Finally, Cohen Hess, of all people, who's been putting in, you can't, you know, for... He he saved this game from being a lot worse. Uh, He's ended up with the ball and gone, well, it's a fucking last tackle. And in rugby league, you kick on the last tackle. So I'd better fucking kick this because no other cunt will. And he's decided to put a kick in, and there was no chase. Like, there was literally no chase. It, the, whole, the whole attitude of the cows was pretty fucking piss poor. And then that shows. They had the perfect opportunity when Pierce was sin-binned right on halftime. Yep. They did fuck all with that 10 minutes. Absolutely fuck all. As a counterpoint, though, then the Knights had a sin bidding later on, and they were able to do absolutely fuck all with their 10 minutes as well. It, it yes. really was a fucking cripple fight, this game. Mm. It was. Uh, Benny Dunn said, that game was a visual representation of COVID-19. Cody said, did Newcastle become the Bulldogs? The amount of times a forward has taken a one-up hit-up on the fourth is unbelievable. Carleen said, what the fuck? How can the Cowboys play so well one week and so shit the next? It is so tough supporting this team at the moment. I feel you. And Matty said, to quote the late great Patches O'Hulahan, looks like a bunch of retards trying to fuck a doorknob. (laughs) (laughs) True words have never been spoken. Previews coming up first Thursday night. Parramatta Eels take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. What do we got here for the Eels? Nucore suspended, so he gets replaced by the old man Davey. On the interchange, the Rabbitohs. Gagai returns and replaces Masters, who goes to the reserves. Uh, AJ's out with concussion, replaced by Corey Allen on the wing. 
And uh, Liam Knight returns from suspension on the bench. And uh, Kurt Dillon out of the 17. Hmm. i tell you, this Alex Johnson situation, I do monitor it closely because, I mean, fucking, he's a good player. to A good, loyal player to be ch- yeah. to be binned. Yep. You know what I mean? And like a believe and like a, a guy who is a great fucking fullback yeah. <laughs> and a great winger appeals mm. to me greatly <laughs> because I because I know that I definitely need a winger and the cover would be nice. But uh, I'm gonna back I'm gonna back Parramatta here. This is a this is a, t- a, a tough one between two of the lesser ones. I I hope for the Rabbitohs' sake that it wasn't just like, yeah. you know, fake form last week where they were invited into a contest to look very good. Um, because for the first time this season, or one of the first times this season, Damien mm. Cook looked like yeah. Damien Cook again. And as an, as an Origin fan, you know, that was, that was pleasing. Will he, you know, be able to maintain that? Against the Eels, who are presumably going to turn up to play. I mean, you know, this this game against the like you said, the feeling they would have got after this game against Melbourne, and you know, a rival, one of the top teams in the competition, and you know, they they want to bank these sorts of wins to mm. legitimise their claim. But uh, it's just it's you'd go Parramatta because while their form is not amazing at the moment, I, th- I feel like it's more of a known quantity. Maybe yeah. South have got it together. But we'll find out, and I'm happy to lose a tip to find out. Yeah. Uh, I think Parramatta have this weird knack this year of doing just enough. And and I, I don't think yeah. South are the team to, to really get up and take it to them. So that's why I'm going to stick with Parramatta. Can I just say, if Parramatta gets the grand final, it'll be one of the most unwatchable yeah. fucking grand finals too. Uh, if that narrative prevails, like the just the just enough thing, Clint Gutherson crying at the game. end, it'd be pretty fucking tasty. <laughs> well, in that case, they wouldn't do just enough. Correct, they would have done not quite enough, mm. or maybe nowhere near enough. <laughs> the Dragons take on the Gold Coast at Netstrata Jubilee. Uh, the Dragons, Jackson Ford returns from suspension to the bench. Billy Britton from injury, and uh, Corbin Sims and is out with a calf injury. Paul Vaughan is suspended. Gonna have to go the Dragons here. Tight, uh, yeah, sorry, the Titans. Yeah, so uh, Ash Taylor yep. back in after missing last week. So Tanner Boyd to the reserves. Uh, Fonawaka is suspended, and uh, so Tyrone Peachy comes mm-hmm. in to, as lock. And uh, Aaron Clark, backup yep. hooker, joins the interchange, and so Mitch Rain goes into oh, no. uh, starting hooker. Yeah, still, I, I can't go past the Dragons here. Just, just based on what the Titans have shown. And how badly they'll phase out of games for significant patches, mm-hmm. uh, and the Dragons have a reason. Yep. You know they're in that group at twelve points, chasing the Sharks mm-hmm. on sixteen. Yes, yeah, I guess mathematical. That's it. It's so, a mathematical group. Uh, Dragons. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, the Roosters take on the Broncos at the SCG. The Roosters welcome back Boyd Cordner. Uh, they welcome back Daniel Tupo, and um, Ikeval is mm-hmm. out. Uh, Daniel Fafid is out, and that butcher drops yep. the interchange. So Tupo just swaps in yep. with uh, Ikeval, who, who was great last week, but injured. 
you know, got absolutely fucking smashed. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't tip against the Roosters. So, oh, and yeah, the Broncos, Milford's, uh, oh, Milford's out with a hamstring injury again. That's right, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan comes back and places him in the halves. Corey Pakes is in, in at hooker. Isaac Luke got suspended. And uh, Brody Coft listed on yeah. the bench. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like, it doesn't fucking exactly. Matter. The Roosters are one of those sides. The Roosters... The, the Roosters have, I think they've they've sailed through the worst of their injuries now. They've uh, they've done a great job of covering them, primarily because until the uh, unfortunate injury to to Kiri, they pretty much maintain they maintained their their mm. spine the entire time. Guys are falling yep. dropping off all around them, but their spine remained intact. And the only changes were, you know, uh, Trent playing playing silly buggers and you know like swapping in Lamb and yeah. Flanagan and things like that. So, yeah, Roosters all day. Uh, the Warriors take on the Knights at uh, Scully Park. So, the Warriors, they've got uh, Channel Harris DeVita returns from injury into halfback. Uh, Katoa back from suspension to the second row. Uh, Paul Turner and Isaiah Papali'i mm. drop to the reserves. Mason Lino replaces Blake Green yes. who did his ACL for the Knights. Takes away the Blake Green revenge game factor. You're fucking every Blake Green yeah, exactly. revenge game these days, though. Knights. Yes. Knights yes. to win if they're serious. Because, like, last week's performance, the Warriors are going to score some points. And, uh, yeah, 12, 12 the, the Knights have those gigantic fucking wingers that just seem to, to score every single game. So, uh, sorry, the Warriors, not the Knights. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, and you say we say that even though they've had so many injured, yeah, and sick wingers as well <laughs> that, have, that have left. Um, yeah, look, I think the Newcastle Knights. I mean, there's there's more upsides yeah, than Newcastle exactly. Knights. Let's face it, the Warriors have done well in in the most challenging circumstances any side's ever faced in the history mm-hmm. of competition. However, mm. it's going to be the Knights. Sharks take on the Cowboys at Netstrata Jubilee. Matt Moylan is out. Connor Tracy to play in the halves alongside Sean Johnson, Takashi, SJ. <laughs> Braden Trindle out of the squad. Hammond Newell, he named a start, which he always fucking should because he comes on and instantly has an impact and it's not because people are softened up. I mean, he's mm. just a fucking gun player. Uh, Toby Rudolph goes to lock. Scott Sorensen to the bench. Nakora replaces Talakai in the back row. Um, Cowboys, okay. So Val's back. There you Fuck go. me. Val, yep, yeah, okay. He's uh, he's back on the wing. Uh, Talungi <laughs> in the side of centre. Tabuai Fido and Opacheka out of the side, as is Ben Hampton and Jason Talmalolo. Fucking, why even keep reading? <laughs> Bye, Cowboys. Yeah. Sharks, I, like there's a, there's a lot of reasons to to uh, to like the Sharks' chances in this game, and and they all start yeah. with uh, Jason Tumalolo, yes, Ben Hampton, <laughs> uh, yeah, out of the side. So yeah, no, hundred percent, you can't go past the Sharks. Line, to lock, yeah, yep, yep. The Panthers take on the Tigers, the Panthers Stadium. Okay, so Kickout suspended. Mm-hmm. Appy's got a calf injury. Uh, Leota starts at prop. Fisher-Harris moves to lock. Isaiah Yo to second row. Billy Burns to the bench. Mitch Kenny and Hooker. Brian Totwell returns on the wing. 
Naden moves to the centres. May drops to the bench. Dane Laurie to reserve. And Kurt Capewell named as a reserve as well as he returns from injury. Tigers. <clears throat> Harry Grant's back. So he replaces Little. Josh Reynolds out at the 17. 12 to lock. Eisenhuth to the bench. McKaylee starts at prop. Russell Packer out of the squad. Sean Bloor on the interchange. Yeah. Well, Panthers That's are going to it. win. It's a matter of fucking how much. I mean, it's the West Tigers. It's a, the Our Jungle Cup or whatever. The fucking piss ponies yep. that don't want to play with each other. On Twitter <laughs> in the lead up. <laughs> yeah, Panthers should win this one comfortably. Um, they've they've shown that they've got a fair mental fortitude this season with the 10-game winning streak that they're on. Uh, and there's no reason why they should drop it now. Yeah, I mean, if if Benji Marshall is going to get exploited, I mean, mm. he's going to get exploited this week. Yep. Badly. I mean, just like yeah. Matt Moylan last week, get ready get ready to fucking to, to take the length of, uh, exactly. of, of Liam Martin. Exactly. This week. And, and really, starters, even with the know? outs we've got, like Appy out at hooker is massive. That's massive. That is big, and it does coincide with the shittest play uh, of the season, pretty much. But, but with the other reshuffles we've got, they are legit reshuffles. It's not bringing people in um, or, or changing too many things around. It's just players who are familiar with each other moving positions a little bit, so it should be okay. It's just players, it's play, it's players yeah. that are going back to where they're supposed to That's be from, from reshuffling yeah. to cover other things. Yeah, 13 yeah, plus. Penrith by how many? Yeah. Uh, Storm take on the Mighty Manly Seagulls at Sunshine Coast Stadium. I'll tell you what, I saw the downside of fucking Queensland social yeah. distancing, blah, blah. I thought, looking at the crowds at those fucking Storm games, I thought they'd be, it'd be easy to get tickets. Like, they got so many, they, they fucking let so many people in. But I don't know if it's because, you know, these, you know, the recent cunts down at the, the at the youth jail at Wakehold that ate a fucking bat or what it is, but it's fucking, it's, it's impossible to get more than one ticket. They say on the ticker tech page, it's like, you know, enter how many tickets you want. Like, if you want eight, type yep. eight and then go enter. Yep. Or you type four and go enter. So you do that and it lets you go through, but then you go to click yeah, any level nothing. of ticket yeah. and it's a zero or one. And I'm like, fuck's sake. And that was like, you know, yeah. when they went on sale too. So I'd say it's a restriction they put in, but um, so it's a bit painful. But um, Storm uh, apparently have uh, Munster and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Smith back. Yep. And Jerome Hughes. Broken Brandon jaw, Smith is gone, fuck. probably till That's probably it. till probably till finals. You'd you'd think, yeah. Um, Cooper Johns omitted. Uh, Riley Jacks reserves. Jesse Bromwich returns from suspension. Uh, what else we got here? Kenny Bromwich is injured, uh, replaced by Eisenhuth. Marion Sevy replaces mm-hmm. Shandor Earl, and uh, Vetti out of the seventeen. Manly, I'm not even going to worry about looking at their fucking lineup until 3 p.m. Or th- when's this game? Four is it? Four o'clock Sunday? Yeah. So until 3:05 on Saturday, there's no point looking at this, at this fucking team because, as he's always done his entire history of coaching, Desi's playing fucking games, and like it's it's pretty transparent fucking game playing, and I don't think Bellamy gives a a, a good goddamn about yeah. what what he's fucking doing, but. Obviously, you've got you've got Albert Hoppawati there in 18. He's going to play. Is he going to be on the bench? Fucking stupid if he is. I mean, who do you who do you if you put him on the bench? Mm. Who do you replace? 
I mean, Lachlan Croker is an absolute fucking plotter who who needs to be fucking thrown off the yes. continental shelf and fed to crabs. But you're not going to put a fucking fullback in to replace him as the guy who gives mm. a break to the dummy half. You're not going to replace any of these. Uh, you're not going to replace either of the props because you need fucking four props. So then that leaves Corey Waddell. So what I would hypothesize is is that on Saturday afternoon at 3.06, you're going to see Hop... It's going to cut down to 19. You're going to have Hopawade still in 18. You're going to have someone else mm-hmm. in the 19. I don't know if Miski's going to be in the 19, but fuck me, yep. I would come if he was. I don't think he's the greatest player in the world at all. In fact, I've, I think he's been... He was great in a trial against East at the start of last year, but his actual first grade career, not so good. Only had one game, wasn't great. I was at Magic Weekend last when we were with Sam wearing the, the cunt hat. Um, but if he was in there, if he, if, if Hopawati and Miski were 18 and 19, then I'd go, great. George is getting dropped for fucking yeah, Miski. Okay. Hopawati's going to fullback. Jetski's going to the fucking, to, to the bench. And Funa's going to move into center where he should be. And if that were the case, then you've got a bunch of people who are actually in the positions mm. that they're born to play, which is which is a great thing. They're not going to beat the storm, but at this point, I'd love to see this. I'd love to see this fucking Hopwaite debut and kill it. Manly fans, don't get fucking excited because there's no, there's not a Hopwaite under this fucking under uh, on this earth mm. that's going to remain at Manly because that's not the Hopwaite way. The Hopawati way is to be Manly Juniors, Trump being Manly Juniors, Love being Manly Juniors, all the way up until they debut for the club, show how amazing they are, and they get sold <laughs> off to the highest bidder at the first possible opportunity. Or, or go on a fucking mission and then get sold yeah, off to it. the highest bidder when they return. William Hopawati got his fucking great start, you know, and he in, in the in, and he was in the 2011 Grand Final, won a premiership. He won a premiership by virtue of the fact that Wolfman got, had his neck broken in the Battle yeah. of Brookvale a couple of weeks earlier, and therefore he, he had then he, then he got his became a thing, got his money, yep. you know, went on his mission. Yep, came back. Who's paying the most money? Of course, the yep. dogs are. They pay overs for every cunt. There you go. Boom, goes to the dogs. This is going to happen. Believe me, the best case scenario here for Manly is that Albert Hopawati fucking kills it. And he kills it for five weeks, for five games, because that's that's fucking that's that's literally all that's literally all there is to it. He'll kill it for those games, and then he'll be fucking. Then he'll go to the dogs. Or so you're taking a long time to say Melbourne thirteen but, plus. Yes, but who knows? Maybe not thirteen plus. Maybe Hopper gets a hat trick on debut, and you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, the Raiders take on the doggies at uh, in Canberra. The Raiders. Okay, so uh, Louis and Papali are named up front after being benched last week. Hudson Young's at lock. Uh, Tarpane and Sutton bench. Uh, Harry and Naira out of the squad. Un- ungrateful cunts. Uh, and uh, Timoko was named to debut on the interchange. Doggies. Georgialis has been vicious. Baby got a vicious. He's wielded the axe. Avarillo and Soaso Sue gone. Cogger. Remus Smith and Lafay are in the 21, but not mm-hmm. in the 17. Luke Thompson has been rested, they say. But I mean, like, I guess he's yeah. dropped just the same as their other guy. Montoya, center. DWZ, wing. Lewis, half. 
Napa to prop, all coming to the side. Tolman moves to lock. And uh, Josh Jackson, second row. Dory's benched. And uh, Renoff Tomaga and Dean Britt mm. on the bench. Georgialis is coaching that side with the gay abandon of a person who knows he only has a couple of weeks yeah, and he can fucking hey. do what he wants. And I and I, and you know what? I'm fucking here for it. I gotta love a coach that gives guys a chance, watches them lose two heartbreaking fucking games and capitulate in the last you know yep. stages of two games in a row. Yeah. And make him fucking pay for doing it. This is a guy that knows yep. he doesn't have any stars in his side. He knows he doesn't have a fucking yep. tomorrow, so he doesn't give a shit. And so he's actually punishing players yeah. who deserve 100%. to be punished. I respect it. I respect you, Steve George Alice. I'm here for it. Uh, this is not going to be a trigger mm-hmm. fest of a game this weekend. The uh, Raiders are going to absolutely fuck the yes. dogs up. And we and we're not going to have our heart broken again this week. This is one I've just penciled in as one that the dogs aren't going to mm. give the spoon to the Broncos. Canberra That's 13 it. Plus. Mailbag. This week, as I scroll through Facebook, let's see what we've got here. I said that with the mailbag, I suspect we'll have way too much to talk about. And correctly, yeah, we are coming up on two hours right now. So I have to pick the eyes out of it. Mm. Um, A lot of them are just comments that aren't really things that we can talk about either. Like A lot of Broncos fans just can't wait to listen. They say sarcastically. Um, Jack says, uh, door knocking Hopper's house to sell some Twill merch. Uh-huh. could be done I've still got that address written down there um, you go but he's a fuck he's a gronk so as the story goes did, did we talk about this last week on the show or it happened in between no it happened in between happened in between so so Hop, so Hopawati uh, John Hopawati gets on his Instagram account which is now locked I wish I had a fucking hit follow before he locked it but you know not to be but there was an article about uh it was, that's right. This was on Saturday night. So like Des in the post conference, someone asked him, are you going to bring Hopawati back from the, the Warriors? And he's like, and he was just sort of non-committal. Like, I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll see what we do. Yep. The news turned that into, we will not re- recall Albert Hopawati. To which John Hopawati puts that on his Instagram. And he's like, oh, good. We don't want to fucking come back anyway. Or something like that. Jesus. And so, people, so people are like, calm down, calm down, John. And he's like, oh, you fucking internet fucking tick. You know, tough guy. I'm at fucking 130 Eagle View. Fucking drive Minto. Fucking come and come and fucking see me, cunt. You know, like he's just loose, loose as shit, right? <laughs> Which is it was it was funny watching him day drinking at like fucking 7 a.m. or something, mm. just going nuts on the Instagram. Fuck but yeah. um, <laughs> so anyway, fast forward to yesterday, day before, I think <laughs> it was. Yep. And and so Manly have in the interim period after he uh, melted down on Instagram and locked it, they recalled him. So the back page of the Daily Telegraph Sport, massive manly logo with Brookvale Oval in the background, giant picture of Albert Hopper-White standing, you know, doing the two fingers like this. You can see me doing it on the, on the thing, yep. right? 
And the article says, well, the headline says, better than Bradman. Oh, God. And then there's a quote in there uh, attributed to, fucking who's attributed to? Recruitment guru Peter O'Sullivan that says, Hopawade is the best player in that age group. And then you've got uh, Tommy Turbo says, he's a freak of a player. He's going to be awesome. So that article's on Hopper's Instagram now. And he's, and he's, um, his caption is, media full of crap as always. He ain't better than Bradman Best. How does the kid who's done nothing get the back page? Hashtag media are full of F wits. <laughs> so hang on, who quote, whose quote was that? John Hopawate. About his kid? Yes. There you go. Is there a, is there a more fucking cooked cunt at this stage of the game <laughs> than John? The, the, you know, you got to respect fucking, him for sticking by his, uh, I don't know, his morals. What morals? The ones that fucking give me to put two of the best up fucking... That's it. Whoever that North Queensland Cowboys player's asshole was. That's it. And look, I'm not saying, look, look, like, just let me just nip this shit in the bud. Throwing a couple of fingers up somewhere with a consenting consenting partner. There's no problem with that at all. Just not, 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 it's not time and place in the football field. (laughs) Nice. Uh, There's a lot of Broncos shit. Um, Like Jordan, he said, so the Broncos are advertising for a new CEO on Seek. First Twill team soon, perhaps. Mm. To which I replied, I wish that stepdad would show more ambition. If he wants to ride train wrecks into the ground, why not get paid to do it? That is very funny. Uh, what a fucking train wreck. That that would be my all-time goat fucking We've just seen over wreck. the last decade, there are no repercussions for mm. senior management. Yeah, exactly. I could run that place with, to- uh, with impunity. You could do very well financially for yourself. Yeah. Plus, we'd have access to all of the fucking winging Broncos players that we could we could ever dream of. Correct. Um, a, couple, a lot of this stuff we sort of covered in the show, unfortunately, fellas. Um, fuck me, like literally, like all these things are things that we would have, probably because I read them and you know sort of in the back of the mind, so I bring them up and talk about them while we're actually uh, doing mm. it. Um, Trent says, uh, "So how does Siri? So oh, hang on, let me just try and decipher this into English." Mm-hmm. So is, I guess it's Des, is Des seriously picking Albert Hopawade while as an 18th man as a reaction to his dad's social media dummy spit? The kid is good, but uh, Des had obviously decided to hold him back, but at the threat of leaving, all plans are shelved. First sign, Des is losing control, may as well hand the keys of Manly to Hopper Senior. Mm. No, this is, the thing is, Des, Des knows as well as anyone else that, that as I said, Hopawade's are for sale to the highest bidder the second that the market is open. Yes. The market's not open on Albert Hopawada yet because he's coming off like two ACLs and he hasn't ever fucking played against men. Mm. Like, you know, he was he was a gun for New South Wales and he was a gun for Manly, you know, when he was a kid, you know, yep. younger, yep. two years ago. But he hasn't fucking played against men. He hasn't proved, he's an unproven quantity. Yes. He can prove himself in the next couple of weeks, set the market value. Manly will then make an offer as to what the, they what they think is a fair price for him with the very very limited amount of experience he has, mm-hmm. and clubs like the Bulldogs will double that, and that's yeah. where he'll go. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what that's what happens. Yep. Uh, Mark, so this week could hit three hours before finishing about the Broncos. Look, I've got to say, you know, we talk about you know not feeling sorry for Broncos and everything. But I mean, you know, seeing the comments from uh, from the Broncos fans and stuff uh, that listen to the show, 
they're obviously a higher class of Broncos fans in the regular rank and file that we don't associate with. Yes. But um, I do feel sorry. I, mean, I not I don't feel sorry, but I feel I feel kind of impressed, somewhat at the way that you guys have mostly taken it in pretty good humour. It's very unlike a very unbronco like behaviour. Yes, Bronco fan like behaviour. It is. So it just once again just leads me to believe that we have a uh, much higher class mm-hmm. of listener mm-hmm. than. Uh, than the general Broncos populace. Hmm. Tipping, King Kong still on top. On a paraphrase training day, no one has shit on King Kong. Although they did peg him back a little bit. He had a two-point lead this week. It's only one ninety-four, And then we go one point back to uh, Benny89. Fucking uh, let me just zoom that in a little bit. That's, my screenshot is way too small and it's not really rendering at the size that's readable. There we go. JBB uh, is also there, tied for second. Matt, tied for second. We go one back, and we've got Andy, Nightmare, on a mm. blood buzz. And back one more, Sneaky ki- sneaky Kiwi, East-West Arabian Swamp Echidnas, and Cowboy rounds out the top 10. So that's it for episode 365. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow TWI League. Our Facebook community lives at hashtag Twill Nation. Get in there if you can. Great community. Good folks, as we just mentioned, talking about the Broncos fans that are actually can take shit in good humor. The address, the direct link is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Twill Nation. We're also on facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Hit the like button, share the post around, help spread the good word. And uh, if you'd like to support the show, easiest way is to drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to go the extra mile, our digital memberships are still available and can be picked up at any time for only $3.99 a month. We had an, uh, an iTunes review this week that I loved. Uh, the title is Phenomenal Podcast. Five stars. From uh, STS Bend JS. So, however that works. A podcast filled with hilarious anecdotes surrounding the lives of hosts Nate and Jay. As a longtime Bulldog supporter, the pair's ability to breathe life into an otherwise uneventful few years of NRL speaks volumes to the boys' comedic analysis and engaging narratives. I found myself week in, week out, waiting eagerly for the episode to drop and find this podcast to be one of the few pieces of content to contain soul and genuine character. I cannot recommend this podcast enough from Jay's tales of sexual furry enlightenment to Jay's delusional views on DCE. Six stars. That is a fucking great review. I love it. And... Every word of it's true. <laughs> DCE's a fuckwit. Yeah, oh, that's that's extremely unfair. He's a fucking ornament to the game. A fucking <clears throat> wonderful, wonderful young man and uh, ambassador. Clean skin. Tremendous player. <clears throat> Outstanding human. And all that. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I just want to say Terry quickly in the mailbag. I've got something for you too, sir, but um, you just got to, I, just, I need to cross my T's and dot my I's before I get it to you. Nice. But uh, it's going to be sensational. I spent about an hour on this afternoon, and then I realized, when I realized it was true, my hypothesis was proven to be true uh, through scientific research, I uh, now I have to go back and make sure to double, double check the scientific research. But um, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Again, welcome new listeners. Feel free to join join the Facebook group if you're uh, if you're on there. Follow us on Twitter if you're on there. But uh, get amongst it. That's it. And we'll see you next week. Later.